Hello, everybody. Gili Roman, an educator. Hi. Hi to the both of you. Um, well, it's, you cannot say those are easy days. Yeah. Um, just to put it in context, in, we are in the, in middle, the middle of, of all. Yeah, yeah, just tell us what is these middle days. Revolution. Yes, we're in a, we are in the middle of a political and social crisis here in Israel. Um, which is re regarding the judicial system. Uh, we are really in the in the peak of um, of this uh, crisis. Uh, I don't know that we are on the peak. Demonstrations. Gilly, it's not a crisis. It's a revolution and it's a war zone. And I don't think it's the peak because basically we're talking about bottom and the, it's a big black hole with no bottom. The bottom is going down and down and down all the time. I think it's much, much more dramatic and tough. But I want to ask you in terms of education, because it seems like the whole world is going same direction. Uh, and um, you were in the educational system, uh, the educational office, for a whole year in Jerusalem and you decided to not to stay with them. Uh, can you talk a little bit about it or you rather to talk about your ideas? Why you left? No, of course I can. What you're doing I now. I can say something about it. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I will say what was my position. I was uh, head of strategy at uh, the Ministry of Education for almost a year, like most of uh, 2022. Um, it was a fascinating role um, in general, like it was one of my dreams to lead uh, the strategy of uh, our educational system. And specifically with the last administration, we had um, big reforms and changes that I was uh, part of the leading team, the steering committees uh, in most of the um, I would say most complicated, most delegated, most delicate uh, issues that we dealt with. Uh, some of them are pedagogical, um, like with our matriculation system. Some of them with the um, was a big change. Yes, it was a well. It's debatable. We can talk about it whether whether it was a big change and how big was it regarding really what needs to be done. What's Gilly, yeah. just a second. I think it's important to explain the unusual uh, system in Israel because of the Orthodox system, the ultra-Orthodox system, the Arab system, and how you put it all together. So just, just tell us a little bit about these divisions, and then we'll go back. Yeah, so first of all, it's important to say that we do not put all of them all together. They're, like, they're, yeah. bureaucratically, yeah. they might be all together under the same ministry, not completely, even that will not be completely accurate, but right. those systems uh, are very different from each other. We are talk basically talking about uh, four different uh, systems um, or three different systems. One of them is, uh, is uh, how do you, how can we um, uh, translate uh, the word mamlakhti to English? Um, uh, um... No, <laughs> whoops. The, 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 the general education, the, right. you know. Yeah, so, so one of them is secular, say, usually secular. Okay. So, so we call it general education, which let's say national education. Right. 
uh, not only national values, but in terms of like this is the the national program um, for uh, public for... education. If you compare it to America, yeah. And uh, in this stream, we call it, we call them streams. In in this stream, they are uh, the um, the Jewish public education and the Arab public education. They are under the same roof, and uh, parallel to them, there is the religious public education, right? Okay, uh, which is again under the same roof, uh, but it's it's a different stream with different curriculum, um, different regulations. By the way, uh, we can talk about that as well. But they are not exactly under the same regulations that uh, the the non-religious public education uh, is, and of course, not the same regulation as the Arabic um, public education. And and the last is the ultra-Orthodox right, uh, stream, which some of it is under public uh, public education, public uh, and under the ministry, and most of it is privatized. It is sponsored, not completely, but greatly by the government, but it's not controlled or let's say slightly controlled uh, by, by the government in terms of uh, curriculum, um, uh, subjects of uh, studies, uh, matriculation, um, even the teaching systems and methods. Um, so the, the amount of regulations, of course, is, uh, is uh, much minor than the public uh, the public education so those streams all together are the israeli educational system um we had like the, the ministry demanded we are dealing mostly with the public education of course which is the non-religious and the religious public education and so the changes that we dealt with uh, are mostly regarding to that although um we are as uh, the um, as the strategic department, of course, also thought and planned, uh, mostly observe, try to overse oversee um, the dramatic shift in the population in Israel, that uh, the demographic changes that uh, are going to already today create uh, this division is a much bigger division than it was in the past, and it's going to be even bigger. It means that most of the ultra-religious the ultra -religious and the Arab are getting bigger than the... Uh, the, the Arabs are mostly... Wait, 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 Gili. Yeah. You left before the whole last three months uh, Yes, but started. what we're talking about has nothing to do so, with it. It's speaking no, no, about no. the changes that he witnessed. No, no, I'm asking. You left before yes. the, the the revolution that we are in the midst of now. Why did you why did you decide not to continue? Okay, so I think that the easiest way to explain that is um, that I felt that it would be a lack of integrity, professional integrity, from my side to be in a position that's supposed to lead strategy in uh, um, in a system that cannot follow strategic plans oh. um, the way that the, the the way so it was as i said it was super interesting for me i think that uh, i was i think i did my part um 
I don't know if it was to the best uh, measures, but I think it was quite good. And it was um, honestly one of the most interesting, fascinating uh, periods of, uh, of my professional career. But I know and I knew back then that the ability of this administration to follow strategies is huh. minimal. And this is because... Uh, the way that our system is built, our educational system, and also our political system and the instability of our political system. So I felt that just creating the program, to creating the, um, the plans and saying my opinions in professional um, debates or professional discussions, it's not enough. You need to really understand and believe that the administration can follow this. And I think that it's almost impossible. And we can see even now that uh, a reform that we did, which is a pedagogical reform about high school and the matriculation um, has been done. And I, and I believed in that uh, reform and I was very involved, but it has been done very quickly. And of course it, it made a lot of flaws in the, in the process, although I think it was with a lot of good intentions because the understanding was it, this this administration and this minister is going to be in a very limited time in, in office and that created major flaws in the way that we have done it and of course the the reform has been cancelled yeah completely the, the, the next minister erased, the next i wanted to i want to ask you something because you left we know the reasons now um we're in the midst of an earthquake. And yeah. of course, the educational system, it's under attack as much as, as all the other systems. Where does it uh, leave the Israeli education? What does it leave us with? Uh, so I, I will try to divide it into two, uh, which I think might be even opposite um, <laughs> explanations. So on the one hand, I want to say that... Um, the the Israeli minister the, the Israeli uh, educational system is so shaken uh, constantly that it kind of it, it is kind of used to this kind to this uh, to this atmosphere. Yes, this atmosphere is very, very extreme. Um, it's uh, much more groundbreaking. You said the black hole. Okay, maybe, but um, but in terms of the schools. Uh, the daily the daily life of schools they are kind of used to uh, to the way things are and that makes them a little bit immune to changes uh, and you can look at it on a on a good hand on a, on a on the good side on, uh, or on the negative side on a, on a positive side they are immune to changes not every single change like change of administration change of ministries change of political agenda even extreme political agenda doesn't affect the schools so uh, so majorly because they know how to work within those streams. Uh, um, we also in Israelis, so we know uh, to follow regulations, but not exactly to follow everything that we are being told and being instructed. So people are very used to that. Um, so that is, I think, currently on the positive side. On the negative side, it means that the system is very hard to change. 
So maybe now you'll say, okay, now in, in an administration that I disagree with, they might do very radical things. And uh, so it's good that until it will really, really sink into the schools, it will take time, even if it will happen. On the other hand, when you do want the educational system to progress, to change, to have um, very deep rooted changes, it's almost impossible. Um, so that the educational system is um, uh, has, I would say, a great deal of innovation. I'm I'm proud to say that I was also a part of it in the last decade of how can we help um, educators, principals, head of schools, head of um, head of departments at schools, teachers, of course, to innovate independently. But as a system, we are. It's very hard to innovate. It's very hard to change the core of how we work, what we teach, how we teach. Um, and this immunity to change is has also a very negative side. So maybe now we can look at it also as kind of a shield. Uh, so this is one aspect. The other aspect, I, I, I have to say that one of the most major issues in, edu in Israeli education is uh, a lack of trust um and a lack of common agreement um and those things are and and the, and the lack of trust is not just a lack of trust of political trust it's also a, um, a lack of trust in leadership educational leadership um and uh lack of, even a lack of trust between teachers and and parents which is something that is worldwide known but it's very strong in israel as well um, and also a lack of disagreement. Where are we heading? What are our common values? Just think how can a how can a healthy educational system can promote um, values and educational roots without agreeing on very very basic values? Okay. So in this in this uh, in, in this um, perspective, of course, uh, the conflict that the inner conflict that is abrupt now and it's um, shaking us shaking us very very to the root of what we are doing has i would i assume it's going to have an extreme negative impact on our ability to be coherent in our education um, to find common ground to find common values and those things are very very related to our leadership our political leadership our social leadership and uh, it's, it, it is difficult as educational leaders to independently try to lead common values. And I tried to do it, I tried to do it in the past when I was uh, part of, um, I volunteered as part of the former president of Israel team. Uh, we did a project for seven years. It called, it called Israeli Hope, Israeli Hope in Education. And we tried to create common uh, understanding and to to help mitigate those uh, uh, um, those streams, those sectors of society to make them meet because they don't meet at school, okay? And the teachers don't meet, and we try to do it, and we try to help, but it's very hard to do it with the whole society, the whole political system is going to exactly to the other direction. So in this aspect, I think that we are uh, we are heading to a very deep rooted um dark crisis in in education that it will just take time because in education everything is a little bit slower 
Uh, I think it will just take a little bit more time until we'll see how it even breaks down even more. And we can say, this is a very long answer to, to a question, but we can see, for example, now that the secular um, um, sector um, and the liberal se uh, sec uh, secular se uh, sector, which was uh, which felt until now that it is the public education, that they are the major part of the public education, they are reclaiming and they want their own stream and their own uh, and their own um, curriculum and their own regulations, and they want to disattach, not from the public education as a whole, but to have an independent um, education yeah. stream like the religious uh, public education has. And this is this is um, um, it, it is part of the crisis. Can you share with us one or two ideas the way you see where it has to go or how it can be? How okay. it can be. So as I said, uh, one of the one of the things that we we need to do is to work on common values and to look and uh, uh, try to work on common vision. So we can do just an educational vision, like a pedagogical vision, and we did it by the way when when I was at, um, in office, um, it's hard also to, to agree on, on uh, pedagogical values and, and even professional um, uh, professional directions, but it is more visible, like it, it is more possible to do that. Uh, but in order to do that, we, we need to do something that is almost impossible in Israel, which is to do it publicly. Like to to do it in a collaborative process in a deliberative manner with educators, um, and the the reason that we don't we cannot do it is because the system is so um, not flexible. Instable. Yeah, it, so it doesn't have time to professional processes, um, but we can do that, and we have to aim for that. We need to have a vision. We need to have leading principles, even if even if they are not, even if we don't agree about all the values, okay, democratic values uh, um, versus uh, religious values, liberal values is, uh, versus conservative values. Maybe we will not disagree of all of them, but but professional uh, guidelines, pedagogical guidelines, uh, we need to have a to have an agreement, and it has to go publicly uh, in a very collaborative process. I think we have to do it. I think it's going to be very hard. Unfortunately, I was not able to 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 lead that. But now you see yourself going in a venue. Are you going now in a venue that maybe you can advance? I, I think that it it will have to be uh, bottom up, um, mm -hmm. and uh, teachers will have to. And, and I did it also in the past when I started to be uh, more than a decade ago when I just started to be in in the in the educational field uh, with some of my friends. We um, initiated a teacher's movement, oh. and we try to do that. We try to create policy bottom-up to come, oh, and, and, we did, and, and we did um, um, dozens of roundtables uh, around the country, um, seminars, uh, policy processes, uh, and what we did, we did it with the teachers, and we invited the ministry to be guests. In this process, uh, one event we even did uh, a huge roundtables event 
in front of the Ministry of Education. Uh, and we just, told, we just told them, we are here, you can come down and join our deliberations. Uh, so I think it is possible to do that. Um, I don't know how much public attention it can get um, and how much, uh, how much uh, teachers, which are a very um, weak sector in our, in our society, um, I'm just going tomorrow to lead a seminar for two days about uh, the public status of teachers. Uh, it is very low, uh, but I believe that uh, that uh, strengthening this uh, this status is going to help us. And, and part of it is to create bottom-up processes. Uh, so this is one. I think that we have to have a compass. Um, the, uh, the, the second thing is, um, I think that... Um, we need, um, and that goes back to teachers. Um, we need to have much more um, to allow teachers to have much more impact and to invest much more in teachers. And um, but this is a painful point, Gilly, because we're talking about budgets, and the budget for education is going down, down, down for teachers. Yeah, no, actually, actually, I have to say that the the budget for Not education budget. Is, a, is only going up. Uh, it's uh, today it's bigger. I don't know about this current budget, but uh, there were it's sometimes even bigger than the 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 defense budget, which is. Um, yeah, but depends how to... they're using it. Yeah, yeah but yeah, of course. So it's I not. I would budget. say it's not a matter of budget; it's a matter of priorities. Yeah. Um, also, the teachers don't get much money. That's not the point. The yeah, yeah, they don't. They are, they listen, don't. listen. I don't know how do you even expect from the teachers to sit down and engage in changing. I mean, they are so overburdened. They have so much uh, issues with violence. They cannot even teach now. There is so much violence and lack of respect and lack of anything in the classroom. They come home, I'm sure that Not they are in, the classroom, in fatigue. Everywhere. Yeah, and then, no, and they are completely fatigued. And then on top of it, it's not just their personal life, but also everything that happens around them penetrate. Penetrate you, me, silly, everybody. I don't know how, in what way they can find the ability even to join you in terms, I know. Um, no, I, I agree, I agree completely. The energy is a uh, yeah. There are schools that, there are schools that, that managed to do that, but it's, but systematically is, it, it is extremely hard. It is important also to, to, to know that not only that Israeli teachers are uh, on, pay, are uh, being paid less than the average in the OECD, uh, now it's going to be a little bit better after after the um, the new uh, yeah. the new agreement with the, the with the unions. Um, but we are uh, leading in uh, hours of teaching. Okay, so we teach more than most of the countries uh, in the world. Um, we are leading in amount of subjects. Okay, each uh, So it's also the amount of content. And we are leading in the students. in mm -hmm. amount of students in a class. Yes, yes. But, but this, is, this is this is part of the priorities, and we are also leading in the amount of teaching hours uh, for, per teacher in class. So we are 
uh, second uh, second highest in this uh, uh, pre prestigious uh, rank. It means the teachers in Israel, most of their time, most of their um, weekly work, they are in class. They are teaching. Okay, when in the world they are um, more than fifty percent, they are um, preparing, learning, yeah. preparing, learning, collaborating, assessing. Okay, doing professional work. Okay, uh, so how professional can you be, and how high your status can be if most of the time you are executing your work? Okay, it's like uh, it's like a lawyer will be seventy percent of his weekly hours in court, okay, talking, um, okay, executing. So it really deeply affects them. But why I'm giving all these examples? Because these examples are examples of priorities. Because we have so so many subjects and so much so much content. And so much now so you have more. more. We can, yes, so we cannot allow teachers to teach less. Okay, we cannot allow classes to be smaller because we prefer in Israel, and, and it's very Israeli because everything here is important. And it's very hard to say, okay, let's teach less. In Japan, they've done it. Okay, they are in many places in the world, but in Japan. And for example, they did like a, an extreme process. Then they, so they have to cut in to cut in half their their, their content at the amount of subjects. Okay, and and also you can see here in the reform that we've done tried to do in the matriculation. So we try not to have um, no way between between seven to nine or ten uh, different subjects with exams. Okay, in in high school. And it's all, it's impossible because nobody is willing to give up on a subject and um, and not on content and not on teaching hours. And this is a very difficult process that you need to to have deliberations because you cannot force it on the on people because people are they have their agenda. Each subject is important. Okay, we can agree that each subject is important. Um, but, but especially if it's well, if it's right, the, the liberal subjects, you know. Yeah, well, everything. I will, I will tell you, civics. It's important. It's important. History. It's important. Yes, math. It's important. Everything is important. Um, but uh, but those are very difficult choices. But yeah. you cannot make those difficult choices if you don't have political stability, political backup, or public backup. Right. Okay. And in order for that, you need to talk with the public. Right. Um, and uh, the other the other option is just re really to increase the investment to have much more teachers but then the quality of the teachers will increase even more than what we have right now and we need to do the, the exact opposite we need to hire the bar for teachers to enter schools and to enter even teaching uh, um, teaching um, to teachers academies okay uh, to to even get teaching license, and we cannot do that because we are in a shortage of teachers uh, because we teach so much. Um, so this is a very complicated issue that we need to deal with. And and the last thing I want to say, which is completely insane, that we are hardly dealing with that, is that we have to start preparing 
to the implementation and the use of AI in education. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we are all trying to deal but the people uh, don't know about it enough. You need to have a real yeah, so open now, up the so system. Now, it's, yeah. now yeah. we're starting to know more and more. Because if the, this is a subject. They don't have a choice. Technology runs fast. Right. And then it it, uh, it tells you exactly how to move Tell on. Tell me something. I have to ask you something. In what way the, the, the establishment, the educational establishment, think about to what degree the classroom the teacher, the classroom, is a place to guide the students, give them the tools, uh, reduce their anxiety about what's happening in society, outside the classroom. They come mm -hmm. with whatever they come from different families. They, the news are all over the place. They are exposed. How can the classroom serve as a safe place to you know, make it possible for them to adjust and to digest and... Okay, so uh, this is a very important and uh, complicated question and I have to, and I have to take it back to, to MS, uh, uh, to the school that I was uh, head but of. Tell them what is MS, people know. Yes, so MS is the Eastern Mediterranean International School. It's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a boarding international boarding school. Uh, Tzili is a very big partner of the of this school uh, for several years, and um, we had a very um, meaningful collaboration. Uh, and this is a very political school. Uh, Twenty percent of the the students there are um, Palestinians, Arabs, students from Muslim countries. Twenty percent of the of the students that are Israelis, Jewish Israelis. Um, and 60% for all over all over the world. And this uh, school deals with conflict daily just by the, the representation that I talked about right now, but also uh, by its mission to promote uh, peace and sustainability in the Middle East. So this is just walking on a volcano, on an active volcano every day, because everything that happens in this region, and actually everything that happens in the world, Okay, so you were saying about Israel. Okay, so Israel, yes, is a very, uh, very um, heated place, and things are happening here. But just imagine the school that, but but Israel is the the. Uh, I would say I don't know if it's the nice thing, but we deal mostly with ourselves. We don't care about we we don't occupy our minds so much with other conflict and other issues. It is small universe by Every every single conflict, every single. Earthquake that happens, you have a you have a student that that is from there, okay. So that you cannot shield yourself. So I think that in the in this um, in this scenario, there are basically two um, two approaches. One is the bubble approach, okay. That means that we they will try to keep a bubble uh, and shield ourselves in a very protective manner. Uh, to to always counting down and um, you know even now in in the midst in the midst of the the storm that we are here in in Israel the um, the general dire director of the Ministry of Education wrote a letter to the principals that he thanked them that they are the guards in the gate that does not allow allow politics to enter schools. Well, this is ridiculous. Okay, how can you avoid this is not their even... job. Yeah, 
this is not their job to protect students How from they reduce anxiety. Yeah, okay. So so this is this is one one uh, one direction. The other direction is to invite, I would I, I used to say at MS, um to to invite conflict, to invite reality, okay, to host it and to try to deal with it. Okay, so of course it it, it also has to do uh, with a safe environment, which is kind of a bubble. I think a lot of ME students would uh, consider that a bubble, but I think that it's a bubble that we tried, and I know that they are still doing that uh, as we speak, mm -hmm. to invite these issues and give them space and, and allow it to be a safe place to, a safe place, uh, to argue, uh, to discuss, um, even to um, to share hard, uh, harsh views, uh, and also to share your anxiety, to share your fears, and, and I think that the main thing that educationists can do uh, in order to allow students to decrease anxiety is um, to to love them first of all. It's uh, to give them the, the the feeling that they are being appreciated. Um, Every place their voice can be heard. Yeah, exactly. Listen to them. It's to function uh, in, in a big hug. And, and allow them to and allow them to act. And allow them to try to think of possibilities of how they can do something, even if it's just academically, even just think about options and to to, to start to think about it. Um, and also to try to to reduce anxiety within yourself as an educator, um, and to have some perspective that will allow you to hold the, these processes. I think that the main thing that I've done as a, as a principal is just is just to hold a process, uh, to to say to say to the staff and to the students, don't break. Okay, that we we can hold it, we can talk about it, we can deal with it. Okay? But they don't see it uh, on the, you know in all these panels on television. In the parliament, in the committees in the parliament, all they hear is people, they cannot just tell what they think. They have to shout and curse. And I mean, the, mod the model that we see here about conversation, it's like yeah. outrageous. It was not like this, uh, I don't know. Of course, not yeah. when I grew up, but I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know, but I think, I think here the, the moderation here is extremely important. And, and I want to say in, in regards to that, in order to do that, you need time. Right. Uh, so again, if you have a lot of content and you have a lot of exams and you have, so it's very hard to to uh, to have time for that. So here, for example, in Israel, the the dealing with um, uh, now like the buzzword is um, social and emotional learning, right? Cell. Um, um, so, of course, everybody wants to do social emotional learning. Everybody wants to invest in the social emotional pro uh, process and well-being of the students. But first, of, but when? When will you do that? But in a big and way, Gili, it's basically the old way versus the new way. And the old way is about one system that doesn't prove itself and the new way that this scares a lot of people. And, you know, they don't have the, the patience to develop a system in order to get used to it. And then you involve it with politics and then, you know, it, it blocks everything. So there's a humongous, the humongous need to make changes in the whole idea of education 
and how to address it and how to take the the young people you know forward it's yeah i agree but in the in this perspective i think that the, the we can look on the technological uh, developments in a very positive manner because if we'll know to to adjust and we'll welcome them we use it they well will, yeah we use it well they will, will give us a lot it will create time for the teacher right Exactly. Yeah. Assisting. Exactly. It's they will. They will time. allow us give them to focus help. on the humanistic aspects of education and yeah. teaching. We will be able to very, very um, effectively allow the students to learn with minimal guidance, with the help of uh, intelligence, intelligent uh, technologies. Okay, and keep. The center, and in this, in this, uh, in this perspective, old education versus new education. Actually, it's old education. It's very basic humanistic education that deals with the person, that deals with values, that deals with discussion, um, that deals with uh, connecting to the context that the content that you are learning. Um, those things are not innovative at all. That they are very. Uh, that there are very old notions that maybe not, maybe if we'll use technology well, we'll have more time to focus on that. Um, and I think that uh, this is my main, this is also uh, the, the main theme of the book that, I, that I've uh, published last year, that is a novel about, uh, about the, the, um, the impact of technology about, uh, with regard to education. But mostly, it's it's kind of a love letter to the basis of the educational act as a humanistic act. You know, uh, I look at you, hmm. and there are so much good in you, and so much humanism. And then my my devil voice tells me <laughs> that hey, I will be an to free teacher in many ways, and then there will be all those even people. Who will play with the AI to take it yeah, their own course. way? But this is about everything. Every so you invention. know, but I look at you and but that's why we need great people. Yeah, but you know, but I look at him and I say, look how much the, his intentions are so high, and yours too, silly. You're wasting, you're putting so many hours to to try to change. Well, I, I hope you'll not be discouraged. I don't think that people are aware or they don't care, or they don't know how important educators are. I don't think that most of them give the, the, the intention even to, when they put the kid inside a class and they close the door behind, that's his world. That's the person that leads his life and takes over. And I'm going back to budget because I know that the salaries for teachers are going down, down, down. They need to go high, high, high. So good people- At least they're going higher now. But um, it's it's we won't solve it right now, and you have to go and lead a Zoom. Uh, so <laughs> we, we even didn't talk what his, his institution is, is doing now. Uh, okay, now he's with the uh, Mandel Foundation, which is what Mandel Foundation, and yeah, what and is this it? is a leadership foundation, basically, right? Um, leadership in educational way. Yes, it's leadership not only in education, in in different uh, different aspects of uh, society right. in Israel. Yes. 
but we'll talk about it another time so you won't be late bye yes. thank you okay bye thank, thank you very much. much thank, thank you, you, you. Both of you. See you next thank week thank you tp wait bye. wait wait bye see you.